Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. Today, we are talking about creating a welcoming space in your MOPS group. And my guest today is Jennifer Iverson. Jennifer is on staff here at MOPS. She is our content coordinator for leaders, and she runs the leaders Facebook page. So you see her out there a lot in social media. So Jennifer, we're so glad you're here today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Always fun when we get to do this together. I know. I do love doing this. And and we get to talk about something that we both just are really passionate about, and that is mops. Um, I'm going to start this off uh, with a little story because we're talking about creating a welcoming space. When my kids were in high school, and my kids are all grown, but when they were in high school, they loved to go to this one particular retail store called The Buckle. And they set up this like contest for themselves. The Buckle was known for being really friendly, for having really friendly salespeople. And I'm sure they were trained that way from the beginning. But when you walked in a Buckle store, you were immediately greeted. They would make eye contact with you. They would say, welcome to the Buckle. How are you today? Or whatever. Well, my kids turned it into a game and their whole goal was to make it all the way to the back of the store and then all the way back out without an employee acknowledging them. I love it. That's awesome. This this was the game that we played. And and they were able to do it, but just a couple of times. Um, My daughter, I think she did it the most. um, And she was a little shorter. She would walk along the side. She would look down, beeline for the back, and then turn around and head right back out the front. And every now and then she could make it without being spoken to by an employee. I don't know why they thought that was so much fun, but they did. Um, but I, what I love about that is the buckle was known for being this really friendly place. And when I think about mops, I want my mops group in particular, but every mops group out there, I want it to be known for being this really welcoming place that no matter what mops group you step into, Somebody is going to make eye contact with you. They're going to say welcome. They're going to show you where the coffee is. You're just going to feel welcome. That's what I want MOPS groups to be like. Right. That's the goal, right? That's the, that's the standard. I, I love that story, which just having worked retail, it makes me laugh. But I love that they knew that that company was, was known for being friendly, you know, I think of places like Starbucks, which, you know, it's no secret that I love my coffee. And they too are known very often for being friendly. But if I walk in the door and nobody says hello, it really does feel like something's missing. So, I mean, I'm still going to get my coffee. Don't get me wrong. But right, right. it's not the same experience. The other thing that I think I learned from this uh, buckle experiment that my children always did was that um, whether or not the place was welcoming did not depend on how the guest reacted to it. So the fact that my children walked down with you know their eyes down and straight through and didn't say anything to anybody did not make the buckle any less welcoming. So being welcomed in a space has very little to do with the guest. It has far more to do with the person who's already there and who is welcomed. That is an excellent point. You can only control what you can control and you get to control how friendly you are and how well right. you are. 
we say in Mopsy that we want every woman who steps through the door at Mops to feel at home, to feel like they belong. And that's why we think things like food and coffee and a hug is always a good idea. But creating a welcoming environment is so much more than those things. Sure. The Mops experience includes this accepting safe atmosphere filled with warmth, encouraging words, and leaders committed to loving moms like Jesus does. So we want people to feel like they belong, not based on what they look like or where they've come from or even how they react to you. We just want them to feel like they belong. And that's what MOPS is really all about. Well, so today we're going to talk through seven tips to creating a welcoming space. Tell me, Jen, a little bit about your experience out there in the world and how you come up with these seven tips. And I've been part of MOPS and the MOPS group. I'm trying to think my son now um, just turned 21. So 21 years that I have been connected to MOPS, either as a mom or a volunteer um, or on staff. Um, but I've also been a pastor's wife. Um, I have worked retail for several years. And it's funny, your story about the buckle and being trained the uh, store that I worked for, that was probably the number one piece of our training was that you stopped what you were doing and you acknowledged the people that walked in the door. Um, and then my husband loves to entertain, um, which I always think is a weird thing. It's not like we're entertaining, but he loves to have people in our house for a meal, to play games. And so I feel sometimes like, um, it's Grand Central Station at our house, whether it's um, friends of my husband and mine or our children. We have six children. So we are always sort of hosting and we want to create the spaces where we are as welcoming spaces. So these seven tips are just um, lessons that I've learned over the past many years um, on how to do that well. Well, let's jump in. Just start with number one. What's your number one tip? My number one tip, well, my number one tip for me, particularly being a perfectionist, is that creating a welcoming space does not mean it is a perfect space. You know, we can we can hunt on Pinterest for all of these ideas. You can have a checklist of things in your mind that need to be there. Um, but honestly, a welcoming space doesn't mean it's got all of these things. It's more of an atmosphere. Um, and I think it's really important to point out, too, in our MOPS groups, the task of creating the environment very often falls to your hospitality leader um, or maybe your group set up that you ask your mentors to do that or the coordinator feels like they need to take that on. But this idea of creating a welcoming space is really for every leader. Um, to participate in. So no matter what position you hold, I hope that you can like listen to these tips and um, take away something for you and, and the tasks that you perform at MOPS. So yes, the number one I would say is remembering that a welcoming space does not mean it's a perfect space. We're not perfect people. So that's a great one. I am not a perfectionist. I'm kind of from the close enough school. <laughs> you know, I love it. That has its own problem. But uh, 
But I do think that we get so caught up in wanting everything to go as we planned. And I'm definitely a planner. And so my agenda for a MOPS meeting is laid out to the minute. And I like to think that I'm pretty flexible and I can just kind of roll with things when they happen. But sometimes I get thrown off if my schedule gets thrown off. We have to be willing to let go of our schedule. That kind of leads into my second point, which is, um, you know, the Bible verse that says the Lord is the one that makes the plans, not us as people. And I just think the second tip is to just hold loosely your plans and to give them back to God. You know, your plan, like you said, down to the minute, it may be that the coffee has to start brewing at a certain time so that it is ready. But if something happens and it ends up being five minutes late because you were in a conversation with somebody, God may have wanted that conversation to happen. So let the coffee be five minutes later, the person, um, the conversation, God's plans, those are what are all our ultimate goal should be is what God wants to happen with that meeting. So being able to hold loosely our plans and listen to God's nudging, um, I think is another great way to create a welcoming space. Okay. So number two was open hands and give your plans to God. So what is number three? Because I think this is a really good one. So number three kind of builds off of that. And um, like you, I am very task oriented. And sometimes I kind of get tunnel vision onto those tasks. So the, the third tip to creating a welcoming space is to remember that people are way more important than your plans or your schedule um, or the to-do list or whatever you're focused on. Ultimately, people. <laughs> people are why we're in mops, you know? Um, if the goal is to be Jesus to these moms, then the, the moms are the focus. Your fellow leader is the focus. Um, I think back to the, the retail um, analogy that we were talking about. The store that I worked at, one of the tasks that we did often was constantly refolding the uh, the clothing. Um, because I tell you, people, people are kind of messy. I mean, all you have to do is to walk into a retail space and you know that. But so we were constantly straightening and folding. And if somebody walked in, we were always instructed that you stop your folding and you look up and you you welcome them. Even though my task for that hour may have been to straighten this entire shelf, I need to put more emphasis on people than on the task. So I think that's key to keep in mind. Oh, I think so too. I think part of that comes with planning ahead well. You know, if you are ready for when the first woman walks in the door and you have your main tasks done, because those tasks still need to be completed, you know, somebody, somebody's got to make coffee. But maybe you can make coffee before the first woman walks in so that as soon as the women start walking in the door, you're able to focus in on them. So some of that comes with just really good planning, but also that willingness to just in your head remind yourself that woman is far more important than what this centerpiece is. Right. I think something else that, that kind of fits in well here too is I very often have a plan. Like you mentioned centerpieces. I may have a vision for what a centerpiece should look like. 
But if I have somebody that says, hey, I'd love to help you with centerpieces, can I help you? The relationship with that person is more important than the perfection of the centerpiece. And so if they help me, and like you said, it's good enough, it's close enough, it doesn't have to be this perfect centerpiece, the relationship of them participating in it with me, um, or them being able to say, oh, it was so cool, I got to help with this, is way more important than my centerpiece looking exactly like the Pinterest inspiration. I think that's a good lead into your number four tip. What's your number four tip? Okay, so number four is simple but special. Um, And this reminded me of that like kiss principle, which my grandmother used to always say is keep it simple, sweetheart. Sometimes we come up with all these grand plans and maybe we're Pinterest people. Maybe we've gotten on and talked to other leaders and we see everything they're doing. And suddenly we feel like we just have to do it all. When in reality, we want the moms that walk through the door, the moms that are part of our group, we want them to feel special. And so I think the key is to pick things that are simple. I was just uh, just hosted an event this past weekend. Tell us what the event was. Be more specific about the event. Specific. It makes me feel a little old, I will say. So My oldest daughter just got married this past weekend, which that is that is a whole new world from like diapers and noses. It is. Wow. Mother-in-law. Mother-in-law is an important. It is an important (laughs) title. It really is an important title. And I really that's a whole nother podcast right there. But a mother-in-law who loves her son-in-law and just wants the best for that marriage and do anything that she can do to just bring out the best in both of those people. That's, that's the kind of mother-in-law I want to be. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yes. That is a whole, we could do a whole podcast on mother-in-law. Maybe we'll put that on the schedule. I don't know. Um, So for example, we had all of these decoration ideas and when it came down to actually executing, we had to really think through and say, we don't want to get to the end of this event and be exhausted and frazzled. And um, we'd like to still like each other at the end of this wedding. And we want to be able to enjoy it. And so a lot of the decorating ideas, we either looked at them and said, is this super important? Is there a way we could make this easier? Um, so trying to do things that are simple, but your guests still feel very special. That is, that is the ultimate goal. I think of one thing my daughter wanted thank you notes for every single person that walked through the door. We ended up doing sort of mass produced stamping them and adding a piece of chocolate. Um, It was simple. It probably took us one evening to do, maybe two hours max. Um, But the original plan was that she was going to hand write um, a note to every single person and make it super personal. I had so many people come up and say, oh, hand this stamped note that didn't take us very long was so special. 
And in my mind, I'm like, oh, if they only knew what it was supposed to be. (laughs) But it didn't take us very long and they still felt very special. So I think that's just a key, you know, whether it's cute paper throwaway cups or whether it's reusable cups, there is no rule. You need to do what works best for your group that is still simple but special. Right. And simple is going to be defined differently by each of us. I just want to make it clear that you and I love Pinterest. So we are not, (laughs) we are not Pinterest bashing here. Oh no. But you, you know, but we've said several times that sometimes you get caught up in the perfection of Pinterest. (laughs) And, but if you have somebody in your group that just creates the most beautiful centerpieces or that can do a great backdrop or that, fixes the most incredible brunch, then bring it on. Yes. And use their skills and their talents and their gifts. But if that stresses you out, then take a deep breath and think, can we do this in a way that is a bit more simple, but still special? So I think that is a great tip. Well, I think about like, um, you think about it as if you got dressed in the morning you could look to Pinterest for inspiration for um, for what to wear that day. But you're not going to wear a statement hat and a statement necklace and, um, you know, this amazing skirt and 25 bracelets and 16 rings and these super fancy shoes. I mean, you would look a little crazy walking around. Um, so the idea of being simple, but Pick something from Pinterest that you love and copy it or follow it, but you don't have to do it all. Okay, so number four is simple but special. I love that. Yes. What is number five? Okay, so number five is probably one of my favorites, and that is to show the moms that you expected them. So um, I have three ways to do that. You want them to know that they you expected them to walk through that door. So the first one is have a seat for them. Like if they walk through the door and you have to suddenly run to the back to get an extra seat because there was not an empty seat, you were not expecting them to walk through the door. The second one is signage. If the the place where you have, and most of it, most MOPS groups meet in churches, but if the place where you're meeting does not tell a mom which door to walk in, if you have multiple doors, or where to go when she walks in the door, then you were not expecting her. You were only expecting people who come every single time. So that the signage one is more for new people or newer people who aren't familiar. You know, if she doesn't know where the bathroom is, where to take her kids, or maybe even what room you're meeting in, she doesn't think that you were really expecting her to come. And the third one is a warm smile. I mean, nothing beats a warm smile. They know that you are expecting them to be there. You're excited for them to be there. So that is probably your biggest thing. So have a seat for them, have some great signage and put on a smile. I visited uh, several MOPS groups. I visited a lot of MOPS groups during the year. And there was one week a couple of months ago where I visited three MOPS groups in the same week. And I was so impressed. There was one of them that had the most incredible signage because it was an older building and they kind of went in the back and without it, I would have never made it. I would have had to call someone to come find me. They had the best signage. But then the next day I went to my own MOPS group 
And I walked in the door and I thought, we do not have signage. We just didn't do that well. And after seeing it done really well, I thought, ooh, we have to, we have to do better. This is our focus. We're going to get good signs. Well, to sort of look at your own group and your own space kind of as a guest, like take a step back. I don't know about you, but for our, when I go to church, we always go in the side door because it's closer to where we park. But as a mom who might be coming, they might go in the front door. And so walk in the front door one time and start looking around. What does this look like when I come in this way? Where where are we going? Now, I do want to add a warning to this one that my husband was so funny. I was going through these tips with him and he says, you have to tell them this warning with this particular tip. And that is do not swarm a mom. Like if she walks in the door and suddenly there are like five or six women that are like, oh, here, let me take your bag. Let me show you where to throw your kids. We're so glad you're here. Here's a name tag. Here's a little goodie bag. Um, Here's some flyers. Like it is going to be like drinking from a fire hose for her. So it's important to take some cues. If there is already a mom that is greeting her and welcoming her, you can smile, you can make a mental note, and the next time you see her standing by herself, then go introduce yourself um, and offer a smile and ask her some questions. But do not swarm um, a poor a poor woman when she walks in. She'll, right. she'll want to turn around and run. <laughs> right. So that number five was they need a seat, signage, a smile, but no swarming. No swarming. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. Okay. Now, number six, you've mentioned this a little bit, but um, go ahead and give us number six. Okay. So number six is acknowledge people. And you're right. We've kind of talked through some of this, but there's two things that I think are really important when you're acknowledging people. One is to make eye contact. Um, and this is one that I I have to work really hard at because very often I'm I might be talking to somebody, but I'm like out of the corner of my eye. I see somebody else came in and, oh, I see so-and-so struggling to get the coffee cups out. And sometimes I just get very distracted. But there is something about looking somebody in the eye that lets them know that you really see them and it helps you focus on what um, what you're supposed to be focusing on, like we said for tip three, which was people are more important than plans. So eye contact really helps bring that home. The second one is using their names. And I just, I have to admit, I am awful with names. I forget people's names very easily. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. I don't even call my kids by the right name half the time. Being able to call somebody by their name, it lets them know you know and you care. And so my little trick, which it's not really a trick, but I am a huge proponent of name tags for anything and anywhere. I mean, we've even been known to have neighbors over for dinner. And if we have more than just one neighbor family over, I put out those like, hello, my name is stickers, because chances are I am going to forget one of their names. But I always make sure that I am also wearing one because it makes the other person feel comfortable enough to put it on. It's not like I'm just making you wear a name tag because I can't remember your name. But chances are you can't remember my name either. And if you can, you are an amazing person. 
But if everybody has a name tag, then it's just the standard. It's not anybody being singled out. I do think that using their names is is really big. Um, I, I remember times where I was out and about and someone used my name that I didn't expect. Like I didn't think that they knew my name or they just used my name in a sentence. Um, I just, it just gives you this really good feeling. That's why when I go to restaurants or anything, I'll use the waiter's name and I'll ask him the name or I'll see it on the name tag. And I just think it, it brings value to the situation to, to call somebody by their name. And I think um, for moms also, if you remember their child's name, that also brings real value. Now, I am not great with names. And so I may have to ask several times and say, tell me your name one more time. Yes. I think um, when we were traveling this last week, we were staying at a hotel and there was a lady at breakfast and her name was Katrina. She had a name tag on. She was super friendly. And I would not have remembered her name except that I called her by her name probably two or three times. And now it's solidified in my mind. And I think that's key, even for those of us that are really bad at remembering names. If we can use the person's name a couple of times, it gets into our our muscle memory and it sticks much better, much better. Right, and one way to do that in a mob group is to introduce her to someone else. So you meet her, you know her name. Hello, Katrina, how are you? It's so nice to meet you. Walk her over to another mom and say, hey, I wanted you to meet Katrina. This is her first time here. Or, you know, to do that a couple of times, you've introduced her, you've said her name several times, and it's going to be more likely to stick with you. It's also important to make sure you say the right name. So, <laughs> you know, oh, that's good. Terribly. <laughs> and number six is to acknowledge people either with eye contact and using their name. Um, so what is number seven? What is our seventh tip? The seventh tip is really a tip um, for ourselves um, and and more of an inward attitude. And that is to have grace. I loved how you started out with um, the story about how the employees at the buckle, their friendliness didn't matter about the customer's response. It was about their their friendliness, their attitude. And I think, you know, every single person that walks through the door to your MOPS event or whatever event you're holding has gone through something. Um, they, they may have had a fabulous day and they're super excited. And maybe your first thought is, wow, they're a lot. But maybe they had great news and are super um, happy about life right then. But you may also have somebody who just barely made it in the door. She's already changed her child three times. They lost a shoe. The list of what is endless. And so I think if somebody comes in and they're grumpy or they're short, or um, even if people on your leadership team have grace, there may be something that you don't know about. Um, and just, you can still be welcoming no matter what their response to that is. So we just have to be careful that we don't assume something. Um, so, so I think that's really important that everyone has something going on in life. And so we need to send them some grace. 
Well, and your friendliness to them, they may have no intention of sharing what's going on, but your friendliness to them may allow them to, to see a little hope or see a little perspective or maybe allow them during the discussion time to open up a little bit more and share something. So I just think you never know what being welcoming to someone will change about their attitude even sometimes. Right. Okay. So you've given us these seven points. Um, How do you want to summarize them for us? What do you, how do you want to wrap these seven points up? Well, I think, um, you know, even to jump back to the first one and say that creating a welcoming space doesn't mean it's perfect. You know, we gave you seven tips. That does not mean that creating a welcoming space has to include all seven of these things. Um, So I would just really encourage um, our leaders to pick pick one thing today. Um, Try it in your own home. Um, Try it um, at school or at church or anything you're doing this week. Pick one of these tips. Maybe it's um, saving a seat for someone. Um, maybe it's um, stopping what you're doing and even listening to a child for a moment because the child was more important than the task that you're doing. Um, t- uh, maybe it's saying, okay, God, today I had plans to do all of this, but I just want to give it to you and say, please show me what to do. Um, so pick one and, and try it out. Um, see how you can implement it in your life. See how it changes um, people's reaction. Um, see how contagious it can be. I think um, they're just some guidelines. I really think that in MOPS and probably in any environment that's like MOPS, where you have people who are walking in a door of a room that's already filled with other people, and a lot of those people already know each other, you just have to think how brave it is for someone to walk in the door of a place they've never been. If you're extroverted or introverted, where are you on the Enneagram? I don't really care. Um, <laughs> it takes some bravery to walk in a new door. And I really think that in a MOPS environment, it takes probably three personal touches before a woman really feels like she's been welcomed. And maybe those three touches, you know, if they're all done by the same person, then I feel like that, that new mom feels like she's connected to that one person. But if those three touches can come from different places, maybe it's a mentor greeting her at the door. It's another mom walking her to where childcare is and the childcare teacher greeting her and asking her about her children. And then the third contact is a discussion group leader who gets her a cup of coffee or asks her where she's from or what her favorite part of the week was. But if you have three different people making three different points of connection, then she feels connected and welcome in your group. So I think it's really important to think about, okay, when a woman walks in, by 15 minutes into the meeting, has she had at least three points of connection so that she feels welcome and she feels like she belongs here which will lead her to want to come back. And then I think the next point of connection after they've been welcomed in the room is to reach out to them after the meeting's over. Somewhere between this meeting and your next meeting, have somebody just 
connect with her in some way. It just says, we are glad you were here and we really hope you'll come here. Right. That lets her know that they care about her more than just twice a month. You know, right. they care about her as a person every day. Well, we've given you hopefully some tips that you can grab hold of and put in place in your in your home or in your church and definitely in your mom's group. Seven tips to creating a really welcoming space. So thank you, Jennifer, for your tips and for walking them through. We appreciate it. I, you know, I think a lot of times if somebody were to say to me, are you a friendly, welcoming person? I would say, well, absolutely. I mean, nobody wants to say they're not friendly and welcoming. Um, but I think that if I weren't implementing some of these, I wouldn't have a reputation for being friendly. And so I hope that um, leaders can take some of these and really create a reputation around their MOPS group for being a welcoming place. That's great. That's a great challenge for all of us for us to wrap up with. So leaders, I just want to thank you for listening in today. And this year, as we focus on living and leading to the full, we want you to remember that very often the difference between just surviving as a leader and thriving as a leader is just our willingness to step up, learn something new, or do something different. So let's do those things together because this is our year to thrive.